I'm a covenant man Living in the riches of my Lord and King I'm a covenant man Committed to Him in everything I do believe He'll come again And I know one thing I'm gonna do till then Is learn to live in the blessing of Abraham Hey, greater is He that is in you than he that is in the world, praise God. Greater is he that is in you than the spirit of fear that tries to rise up when you go up to those gas pumps. <laughs> Greater is he who is in you than the economy. Greater is he who is in you than whoever's sitting in the White House. Greater is he that is in you than the spirit that's trying to work in and around your children. Greater is he who is in you than anything in this world. Praise God. Hey, I'm David Weeder. This is Lynn Weeder, and you are watching the Covenant Living Broadcast. Well, you could be listening to it. We are we use a podcast as well and internet radio and all that. So anyway, welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Boy, that's good news, isn't it? Greater is he that is in us than he that is in this world. Praise God. Hey, get that cup of coffee, pull up the chair to the table, and let's get into the Word of God today. We're going to be start out with a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for this another opportunity to share the Word of faith all over this world, to get the Word of victory. Oh, as our spiritual father says, the, the, the believer has a voice and it is a voice of victory. Praise God. We thank you for this opportunity to share the word. We thank you for increasing all of our partners in every area of their lives. And Holy Spirit, I'm asking you to minister to each and every person within the sound of our voices today so that not one of them, not one, remains unchanged and unimproved by the power of the living God. So we thank you for it. We declare it so. We receive it that way in the mighty, matchless name of Jesus. Praise God. Thank you. Well, hey, welcome to the broadcast. We are going to be talking about some good things today, and it's going to start out in 1 John chapter 4. So turn over there with us. Get your notebook if you don't have one now, You want to, or, or, or your iPad or whatever you take notes on. And because um, you're gonna want to, you're gonna go back over these things. This is one thing about the Word of God. The more you dig into it, the, the better it gets, and the deeper it gets, and the richer it gets. And you get more stuff out of it every time you go over it. So I want to pick up here in First uh, John chapter four, beginning in verse one. Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Hereby know ye the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the Spirit of Antichrist, whereof you have heard that it should come, and even now already is in the world. Now look at verse 4. You are of God, little children, and have, have, overcome them. Them what? 
them spirits. That's <laughs> it's not, not great English, but it proves it gets the point across. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Praise God. Greater is he that is in you than all of these spirits. Now, you you want to remember Satan is the spirit of fear. And so all of these little devils and demons that work for him are spirits of fear. And they're constantly working. They're constantly working. And they look for every little opportunity that they have. I, you, I, the illustration, one of the illustrations I gave at the beginning is when you roll up to that gas pump <laughs> and you see the dollars per gallon listed on that gas pump, that he, he, he'll use He'll use that and he'll try to chip away at you a little bit. Are you going to have enough for gas and food this month? Are you going to have enough for gas, food, and rent this month? Car payment, insurance Yeah, exactly. Payment. You know, everything that, that's involved in the, the economy and, and, and there's voices speaking to you all the time. And a lot of times it's the voice of these little, these little spirits of fear, these little spirits, tormenting spirits. Well, praise God, greater is he that is in you, in you, if you're a born-again child of God, he's in there, and he's greater than all of these spirits put together. Now, I want to get a, a second confirming word from the master himself on this, so turn over to Luke chapter 10. You there already? Yep. Why don't you go ahead and read that for us? Luke 10, verses 17 through 19. And the 70 returned again with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject to us through thy name. And he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning falling from heaven. Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. Praise God. Now, for a little context here, look back at verse 1 of chapter 10. After these things, the Lord appointed other 70 also and sent them two and two before his face into every city and place, whether he himself would come. So these are disciples that he ha that are following him and he sent them out. 70 of them. We're not talking about the 12 mm -hmm. here that most people think of. Well, right. you know, those are apostles. Well, here's 70 more. And he sent them out, and they had the exact same results in his name, mm -hmm. in his name. Now, you can tell what they were so excited about was even these devils that we were talking about from 1 John. Even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. And then he talks about, I've given you power to tread on serpents and scorpions. So, you know, those are the, those he used to represent the devils and the demons. But, hey... If you come up against something where you need power over a, 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 a serpent or a scorpion, hey, it worked out just fine for Paul. Right. <laughs> you know, it, that's, that's where this next, the next part of this verse comes in. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. That does not leave any wiggle room at all. <laughs> nothing by any means shall hurt you. Why? Because the greater one lives inside you, blessed God. Hey, 
It's shouting time in the house today. Praise God. <laughs> Don't spill your coffee when you jump up and shout. <laughs> Just calm down. All right. So nothing shall by any means hurt you. So there's no, there's, there's no fear involved. We have authority over all of these little, the, we have the authority over the master spirit of fear and all of his little minions of fear. <laughs> <laughs> so turn over to Ephesians chapter six and let's see where it's really, the Holy Ghost is really laid it out here. And it's also, but it's also uh, an area where people try to, they try to find wiggle room. <laughs> <laughs> to uh, get out of that nothing by any means hurts you. And they try to find it right here, but it's just a misunderstanding is all. Ephesians chapter six, and starting in verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Now here's, here's these devils and demons listed out by rank from the lowest to the highest. That's, that's the, the rank and file of the demonic spirits that are operating uh, in and around this earth. And, but see, you gotta, people sometimes grab, the, grab a hold of this word wrestle. And it says, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. And they, they have a tendency to think, see there, it's a struggle. It's a fight. We're always having to fight against these things. Hold up. Now, Ephesians is a letter. And chapter one comes before chapter six. So let's turn back to chapter one and see what he's already said about these things. Ephesians chapter one, and we're going to begin reading in uh, verse 17, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the father of glory may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Okay. Stop right there for a moment. Now, Remember also over in 2 Timothy, we know that we've not been given the spirit of fear, but the spirit of power, of love, and a sound mind. Well, this is the same spirit. There's not two Holy Spirits. <laughs> it's just one, just one Holy Spirit, and this is him. And so now we know he's the spirit of wisdom and revelation, and he's been given unto us that the eyes of our understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And so we got multiple things here that we're supposed to know. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us word who believe, are you a believer? Well, then it's for you. <laughs> 
to us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. It's the same level and degree and magnitude of power that he used to yank Jesus out of the pit of hell after he done stomped the devil and all of these demons and devils, they've already been defeated by him. And this is the same power that he's directing towards you that he used to raise Jesus up from the pit of hell. Now, hold your place right there. We're not turning anywhere, but just stop. We're going to stop right there for a moment. You know, you realize, don't you, that if that this is these are letters. They were not originally written in chapter and verse. So they're all one, one continuous stream. So drop down here in chapter two, and let's start and, and look at this starting in verse four. But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, has quickened or made us alive together with Christ, by grace you are saved. And look at verse six, and hath. Now, that's past tense. H-A-T-H means it done already took place. <laughs> it has already happened. He has already raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Go back up where we were, verse uh, 20 of chapter 1, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, has raised us up together and made us sit in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. All right, so you see where you are? You are seated in Christ Jesus at the right hand of the Father in the heavenly places. Now let's look at the rest of the description. Far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come and has put all things under his feet. Hold on now. We are the body of Christ. Are the feet in the body or are the feet in the head? Oh, come on now. You know better than that. <laughs> the feet are in the body. They're under our feet. We're seated with him in heavenly places. And it spells it out here. And has put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. All of these things have already been placed under our feet. So what does it mean to wrestle? Well, it's a translation issue. <laughs> if you look at that word wrestle and you look it up, oh, I, done, I done flipped over here, hold on. If you look it up in, in the, like the Strong's Concordance or something like that, you'll see words that, that, that say things like strike down, thrust down. So we're coming at these things and at these evil spirits. Yeah, they're, they're out there nipping and, and bringing these little thoughts and stuff like that. But when we stand against them, we're standing against them from a place of total authority, total power, 
total dominion in Christ Jesus, and it's just a matter of striking them down when they try to come against them because they're a little stupid and ignorant, and they think they have a chance. Well, and the fact is, you know, through experience, they know they have a chance because right. if they can convince you to delegate your authority to them, then they can do whatever they want. Well, if there's somebody who is a manager of a department, but they're new to management, they don't know the authority they have. They don't know how to conduct business necessarily. And so, or a school teacher, first year teachers sometimes do not know how to take that authority without being just mean and harsh. Right. And so figuring out, how do you do that? How do you take control of a class? And if those kids see a little bit of weakness, <laughs> oh, that teacher isn't so for a long year. And that's what we've been like. Teachers obviously should have authority and control in their classroom. We should have authority and control in our lives, but we haven't taken that authority. And all of this stuff comes up and starts bugging you and stuff. And you've got to figure out where do you stop it? Once you've allowed the stuff to happen, it's harder to get control of. But once you get practice, once you start saying, sit down, all right, open your books. Nobody listens, what do you do? There's all kinds of teacher tricks and stuff like that, but you'll find in your life, as you start trying to figure out these things and take control, it could take a little bit of help. Now, what happens there is you go to your friend and say, how do I do this? My second grade teacher was a second year teacher, but she had an experienced teacher right next door. When he heard things getting out of control, <laughs> he would walk over there and say, you need some help. <laughs> and everybody got quiet. Yeah. And that's what calling on a friend, calling on a brother and saying, hey, yeah. show me how to do this. Yeah. And by the end of the school year, with that other teacher coming over and helping, she knew how to take authority mm. of a classroom. Yeah. He taught her some of the tricks of how to express that authority that she'd already been given as a teacher. Well, it's like, it reminds me of a, a saying, uh, you were talking about the teacher not showing mm. a, a glimpse. <laughs> hey, never let the devil see you sweat. You're in God's <laughs> armor. He doesn't yeah. know who's in there. As long as you don't open your mouth and say something dumb. <laughs> Close the visor on the thing so he can't see who's in there and keep your mouth lined up with the word. He doesn't know but what, that's God in that suit. And uh, he's about to get, you know, stomped again. <laughs> what he is if you're doing, if, you, if you're in there and saying what he said to say. Now, before we get completely away from this chapter two in Ephesians, I gotta point out, you're talking about coming from a place of authority. Um, now, remember, this, this verse also comes before chapter 6. In Ephesians 2.10, the King James Version says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. Now, the Amplified Classic Version went back, dug around in the, <laughs> in the Greek, and this is how it translates it that we are created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God has created, ordained that we should walk in them. And it's, it amplifies it saying, living the good life, 
which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. <laughs> ah, living the good life. You know, most Christians don't even think that they're supposed to, let alone, let alone that they can. But this comes before Ephesians 6. Now, how can you be living the good life if you're spending all your time struggling and fighting and, and wrestling with those, those evil spirits? Well, you, you can't. It's just a matter of knowing your th authority and your power and striking them down when they attempt to come against you. Well, how do you do that? Well, you find that over in 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, and uh, we'll, we'll be wrapping up today's uh, broadcast with looking at this. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, and uh, let's look at verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. So the weapons of our warfare we just read about. Well, we didn't actually go through and read the whole rest of Ephesians chapter 6, but that's what that's leading into, wrestling against principalities and powers. It says, stand therefore, mm -hmm. you know, having your loins girt about with truth and, you know, and, and on down through all of your weapons, above all, taking the shield of faith and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And what are all those weapons for? Well, two things. Right there at the end of Ephesians 6, it talks about praying always. So those are prayer weapons, but here we get a second uh, illustration and a, a second definition of what they're for. For these weapons are mighty through God for the pulling down of strongholds, casting down. Well, there you go. Strike it down. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Well, what's the knowledge of God? Well, remember in John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So the more, that you, the more time that you spend in the Word and renewing your mind and becoming knowledgeable in the Word, then you know God. You have knowledge of God. And so if there's anything that it tries to exalt itself against the knowledge of the word, what the word says should be taking place, living the good life, which he prearranged, well, then you need to cast that down and bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ, to the obedience of the anointing, and having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience. Disobedience okay. of what? Disobedience of thought. You get one of these little devils or demons trying to attack your thought life with something that is contrary to your knowledge of the word and how it's supposed to be, like you're not going to have enough money to buy gas and rent when the, when the word says, but my God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory. So that thought is against the knowledge of the word, the knowledge of God. Bring that into captivity. You cast that down. No, 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 no. I'm not thinking that way because that's not what the word says. Just stop yourself. Say it out loud. No, my knowledge of the word says that my God mm -hmm. supplies all of my needs and I need gas to get to work and get around, do things I need to do. Yep. That's just pretty plain and simple once you break it down and look at it. <laughs> well, praise God. That's, that, that's it for today. <laughs> hey, but don't go anywhere because I really want you to, to watch this and then we'll be right back.
Hey, Lynn and I would like to extend an opportunity for you today to become a partner with David Weeder Ministries. Partnership is just all through the Bible, but I just want to look at a couple scriptures. In uh, Philippians chapter 1, Paul is writing to his partners, and he says, I thank my God, in verse 3 of, of chapter 1, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. Well, I do the same thing, praise God. Always in every prayer of mine for you all, making request with joy for your partnership. That's what that word fellowship literally means, is partnership. In the gospel from the first day unto now. Now, what does partnership in the gospel mean? Well, you can find it in Jesus' ministry in Luke chapter 8 and verse 1. Jesus went into every town and every village, it said, preaching the things of the kingdom of God, preaching the gospel. Well, hey, that's what we do. Sometimes we go to the villages. Sometimes the, the broadcast goes to the villages. Sometimes we have a meeting and the villages come to us. But we're going to every town and village teaching the gospel. Now, you can see in Luke chapter 8, they sowed, those women sowed finances to this, into the support of Jesus' ministry and his disciples and everything that it takes to put on the meetings. So that's one part of partnership is financial sowing. Right here in Philippians over there in, in uh, chapter 1 still, but over in verse 19, Paul, uh, Paul says, For I know that this shall turn to my salvation through your prayer. That's the second part that we would ask you to do as you become partners with this ministry is, yeah, supporting it financially, that's wonderful and everything, but oh, hey, I covered your prayers. I need you praying for us. We got a lot to accomplish and a lot to do. And what the Lord has called us to do is to go into all the world and preach the gospel on every available voice that we can. And that's what we're doing. We, we travel. We do television broadcast. We do the printed page. We do audio podcast. Every way that we can get this gospel preached throughout the world is what we do. And that's what we do also is give thanks for you. And I declare and pray and make requests with joy your prosperity. For our God shall meet your needs according to his riches and glory based upon the grace and the anointings that are on our lives as you partner with us. And so I intercede every day, breakfast, lunch, dinner, in between time for your prosperity, for your family peace, for your abundance in every area of life, for your health, for your protection from sickness, disease, and calamity. Hey, that's how this works. You pray and support us, we pray and support you, and that's how God designed it, praise God. Thank you so much for becoming our partner today. Hey, thank you, partners. Thank you so, so, so much. You should, we were, <laughs> we were laughing just before this came on. We were, our guys are trying to give us instructions and everything, and I'm, I'm just sitting here staring at this. You see this? Look at that little ring. My fingers. It just spins all around, spins all around, spins all around, spins around. Well, it's like your seed working. It's always working. It's always growing. It's always producing. Praise God. Let me, I want to read something just real quick. And uh, we don't have much time, but I want to read this real quick. In James chapter 1, <clears throat> verse 25. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. Well, I'm here to tell you, we're, we are doers of the work. We are 
every way that presents itself, <laughs> we are getting the word out there. You know, there's work involved in the ministry and we are doers of the work. And as you partner with us, then you become doers of the work all over this world. Everywhere we preach, everywhere this broadcast is heard, everywhere it's watched, everywhere you become a doer of the work as you partner with us. And we're so thankful for it. And the Lord's thankful for it. It's thankworthy in his eyes. Praise God. Well, we'll see you next week. Until then, though, you always remember God's for you. He's never against you. We love you. God loves you. And Jesus is Lord. Thank you, partners and friends, for helping make this broadcast possible. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us on Instagram. You can also listen to our broadcast on iTunes. Contact us at davidweeder.org or call us at 1-800-988-5380. Join us again next time on the Covenant Living Broadcast.